Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson with you. Gordo, what's happening over there, buddy? Oh, I am having a fine day, a fine day, a fine day, a fine morning, fine afternoon, and I'm planning on having a fine evening. It's a lot of fines there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but my morning was a little like the morning after. You know, remember that song? Who sang that song? It's got to be a morning after. It was the theme song from the original Poseidon Adventure. Yep. Maureen McGovern, was it or something? My favorite show. I need to hear that. I'm 30. <laughs> that film was made in like, what, 1972 or something like that? Can you give me a little of that? Uh, um, I don't even know what. What? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't think Austin. One fine day. What? Has the any idea? After. The morning after. I'm not playing that. Why? Why would we? God, why didn't I get a real job? Because yeah. Why did he show up? <laughs> uh, will you play this rap? That song. Uh, do it now. You right, are you are right. being uh, <laughs> all right. I'm not going to react to that. You but, are being a touch high maintenance already, though, which is you know for well, I mean, considering you you're having a fine day. Doing, the, why do I by ask? Beverly and Mays? Is that why, who I'm looking why, for? Why I thought it was Maureen McGovern. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, it's actually the Scorpions, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to play it? Yeah, play it, play it. Because that's the way it was this morning. You know, uh, uh, high I, maintenance this morning too. No, no. <laughs> Is that, is that high maintenance to ask your producer to play a song? From 72? That he's never even heard of? To be a morning after. See, this is uh, a theme song from Side Adventure, and they were playing it, and it was playing at the end of the movie after the, the wave had hit the boat, and the boat had turned upside down, and they'd gone through this long journey to get to the bottom of the boat, which was really the top of the boat. And it was a rough night. You know, Shelly Winters ended up dying, I think, in there somewhere. And, and, uh, and, uh, 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 Gene Hackman died, I think, as he was leading the people to the promised land, which was the bottom of the boat, which was the top of the boat. It was a rough night. I think Ernie Borgnine was in there, too. Ernie. Yeah, and here's the thing. 
that's what last night was like in terms of basketball. You know, you missed the ship turned upside down. You uh, the ship turned upside down last night, got hit by the wave, and that was a horrible night of basketball. So that's why I'm asking for the morning after. So, okay, one, you missed your calling. You would have been an incredible history teacher. <laughs> Very thorough. Very thorough on your history. And second, this song is terrible. I know. It is I terrible. Didn't, I didn't say it was a good song. Then why are we playing it? Because it's the morning after. It was the morning after this morning. The ship turned upside down and you had a bunch of casualties and you had people climbing going the wrong way. Remember some of them were going to the bow and they should have been going to the stern. I think you might be overreacting a tad. That was bad last night. That was bad basketball, both on the part of the Jazz and BYU really stunk to join up. That was the worst I think I've seen them play all year. And uh, the Jazz, that wasn't exactly... Uh, we can we can stop the, the <laughs> song There's now. 18 seconds left. No, we can... <laughs> you wanted it. No, no. <laughs> no. Are you telling me that maybe everybody who is uh, 50 and older might know that song? And everybody that's 50 and younger wouldn't really know that song? Don't know. Gordon couldn't tell you. It fits, though. It fit this morning. Oh. I don't know if there's a there's a morning after morning afternoon song. I know there's an afternoon delight song, and there it I is. I really like that song. Did you just did you just do that whole thing to to make it to that joke? No, did that just happen? No. Did you just hey. did you just do take the first you know five minutes of the show to wind no, up at that I'm joke? Not in here. the afternoons anymore. <laughs> Who's with me on this? Was that not a terrible night of basketball last night? It was not good. Uh, uh, aren't you with me on this? I don't care what your rooting interest is, whether you root for the local teams or not or whatever, but if you watched those games last night, you were left one. Uh, our friend Aaron tweets into the show, which you could always do, at Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton, says, can you guys please not ruin Gordon's mood in the first 10 minutes? <laughs> please. But but Gordon just Austin's ruined. Austin's in there going, you play me the voting after time. Well, you ruined. I don't talk like that. I wasn't mocking you. What were you Jeez, mocking? sensitive. I am sensitive. Well, it's the morning after. How are you supposed to be? This is afternoon. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it is the afternoon. So we hope you're having a wonderful afternoon. This is, is really one of your more passionate analogies. I got to give you that. <laughs> I mean, you really sunk your teeth into well, look, this one. It had a me, it had me. a soundtrack. <laughs> you're, you're yelling at Austin about it. <laughs> Let there's me, some there's some hurt feelings in no, the take. No, I mean, no, it's, no, 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 no. This is Look, one of your you your more it? intricate analogies. No, you saw it too. I did. You saw yeah. it. that was abysmal, and I'm not even a fan. But I, I I was disappointed by the level of play. Here's why: it wasn't abysmal. It, Both games were fairly close. It was competitive. It was not. Well played. Neither one of those games was well played. Fair enough, but from my perspective, I'd rather see games that, you know. You want to see a bad, a bad I want performance to see it close. so it's close? I want Look, to I'm see Mr. Competition over here. You know how I love it, but not at the price of, uh, not at the cost of playing crappy basketball. Okay. I mean, look, the Jazz, we, we thought the Jazz were uh, riding the ship, as it were. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Did you see the second Poseidon adventure? No, I didn't see the you first. You didn't see either one? No. Nope. 
Oh, really? Sven, Sven, stop tweeting. Well, you, you know don't who was stop the captain tweeting. of the ship in Poseidon Adventure? No, no, I Leslie don't. Leslie Nielsen. Uh, oh, good. Uh, Sven says, I think we need a big show segment, Gordon's classic movie, a short recap of a movie that outdates everyone but him. No, that's <laughs> not what we need, Sven. <laughs> Next, Casablanca. I don't hate that as a segment on the movie zone, though. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's see, our friend Ute Shasta trailer sent in a picture of Leslie Nielsen, but uh, also commented that, and yes, the song sucked then, too. <laughs> it did. It was never good. Wasn't it up for an Oscar, though? I, I'm, the song or the movie? I think the song. I, I remember watching the trailer for the original Poseidon Adventure, and it was like cutting-edge uh, sort of uh, kind of special effects and whatnot, people falling off the tables down into the the, the, the light that used to be the roof of the ballroom. Uh, Wait, we're long. still going with this? <laughs> <laughs> Even James Cameron thought Wait, it was a bad movie. We, we, we're still on this? You're still... You're still getting into excruciating detail on a, on a movie from 1972? I also saw your tweet uh, earlier, uh, Austin, where you were ripping Avatar. Or didn't you rip Avatar? Uh, if I was logged in somewhere someone and someone tweeted, I didn't tweet about Avatar oh, today. I thought you did. I thought someone did. Now I'm worried. All right, we're, we'll we'll get to the game specifically, what happened last night here in a second. But there are a couple of tweet, more tweets coming in. Uh, let's see, Nate says, thank you for turning uh, that song off. I was about to call my dentist to see if they could get me in for multiple root canals immediately. <laughs> Everybody panic! And then, uh, it's just like the Titanic, but it's full of bad! And then I think Eric, Eric tweets me in. He's right on the money on this one. He says, spoiler alert, Gordon, now you've ruined Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> From 1972. You've, you've ruined the movie for everybody. Austin, you're, you're good at math. How many years ago was 1972? That would be 28, 38 years. Wait, why are we going to this song? No, it would be 48 now. years. Now we're, now we're talking about ships sinking, I guess. No, no, no. Haven't they done studies on that, that, uh, that door? That, uh, what's her name, was on and that uh, Leo DiCaprio could have climbed up on the door, too. So what you're saying is Leo just decided to quit? Just decided. <laughs> I think he faked his death to get away from her. <laughs> just let go of her hand? <laughs> oh, brother. He just wanted a boat romance, and then the end of the world was coming. He's like, how do I get out of this? It's kind of like this analogy right now. I'm just thinking, <laughs> all right, how does, how does this end? Was that not bad basketball last night? Okay, let's do, let's do the split story of the of the day, and we can get into some specifics. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Left side, Ibaka into the post, Siakam. Siakam's their leading scorer, replacing Kawhi Leonard. Ingles defending. Siakam bumps. Backs. He scored 11 points in the final two and a half the other night. Up to Ibaka. Top to Lowry. Step back three as the horn sounds. Good. From behind the timeline. On the left side, 30 feet out. Kyle Lowry puts the Raptors up five. I think we really struggled to score, obviously, the last six minutes. And I didn't think that, you know, we were lacking execution, per se. Um, we just didn't we didn't score, you know. So, you know, as I said, our, our bench had given us, you know, a great stretch and, and got extended. And then we came back, and I felt like the game was going our direction and, and, and flipped back the other way. 
Jazz lose to the Raptors last night. Gordon, 101-92. Split story of the day brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night? Are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. Jazz, uh, and specifically their headliners, Gordon, did not play well uh, last night. The Jazz got crunched on the boards. Toronto was a much more physical team. And uh, we were talking about this before we came on the air today. The, the Jazz were actually fortunate that that game was that close because they didn't. It, it was it was not good. Well, uh, let's. Uh, can I make some declarative statements? Because I is, is it uh, some sort of boat thing? No. Then no. No. Okay. Nothing to do with a boat. Okay. Declare. Do we need? Do we need like fanfare music? No. For, is no. This we the, don't. That big a deal? Okay. When when the Jazz shoot thirty nine percent. And they get out rebounded, like you said, by 19. And their star, their best players, Donovan Mitchell goes four of 16. Rudy Gobert goes one of four. And Bogdanovich goes two of eight. And then your star off the bench, Jordan Clarkson, goes three of nine. You ain't winning. You ain't ever winning. That just isn't going to happen. It's like saying two plus two equals 80. I mean, it just doesn't. It, well, not against a good team like the Raptors, right. certainly. And the Ra- it's not like the Raptors were great last night, and but they're they're coming off uh, their it's the last game of a five game road trip, and they're coming off a back to back. Jake, like you were talking about, it just it, it, this was set up for the Jazz to win. This was a scheduled win, and they lost. But here's the thing. Pascal Siakam was awesome. Yeah, Serge Ibaka was awesome randomly because he's got to be 110 years old. Uh, (laughs) And Kyle Lowry was really good. So the the Raptors headliners were awesome, and the Jazz headliners were not. And the bench kept him in the game. Joe Ingles was really, really good. And they deserve credit because they're actually playing well. I know you you included Clarkson in your comment there, but I actually thought Jordan Clarkson played pretty well despite he, he only didn't having shoot it well. Right, he had nine points, but other than that, that whole unit played really, really well. And actually, I think it's kind of a good sign with Clarkson that Joe got a little bit of the spotlight last night because he had it going. Because that is kind of the knock on Clarkson, right? That he's he's got tunnel vision and he's going to score, and that's about it. So actually, with Joe having it going and Clarkson maybe taking a little bit of a backseat, I don't think that's actually a terrible thing. But but the Jazz headliners, Bogdanovich, 2 of 8, and I've told you this before, 8 isn't enough shots for that guy. He needs to keep shooting. And Gobert with 4 attempts? Go- what would you make of that? Now, we could probably dissect that for the next hour. Okay, so with the with Gobert, what's what's the problem? Is the problem that he's open and not getting the ball, or is the problem that he's not open? I think there are times when he works hard to get position, and the ball doesn't come to him. Now, whether you think it's judicious to get him the ball, if he's got a man on his back, I guess that's up for certain players, teammates to decide. But four attempts, Jake? So they're in they're in a really tricky situation with Rudy because he's got all the incentive in the world to up his offensive numbers. He does. I mean, if he wants that huge, huge contract, he knows. Rudy pays attention to this sort of thing more than anybody else. I mean, he he's watching the NBA every night. He's looking at social media, and Rudy's dialed in. It's it's part of just who who Rudy is. He knows what's at stake. He knows who's getting these types of contracts and who's not. I mean, he's he's very motivated personally to be part of the offense. And I 
completely get that. Mm-hmm. I completely understand. But the NBA has also changed the way they're playing against pick and rolls, and it's to stop guys like Rudy from doing things like setting the dunk record. And it's not just Rudy. It's it's guys like Giannis, too. I mean, it's it's other you know guys that are getting a lot of action right on top of the rim. In fact, if you look at Toronto... And Gordon, sorry, I'm getting a little windy here, but if you look at Toronto and Milwaukee, Locke was talking about this last night, they don't guard the three, which is weird because the three has so much value. But they don't really guard the three, but they'll stop you from getting easy twos all night long. So it's kind of a, an interesting it's kind of an interesting strategy there. But the the NBA is evolving to take away exactly what Rudy does best. So when Rudy has a man between he and the basket, Rudy might think He's pretty confident that he's going to make a play. I, I certainly am not as confident that Rudy's going to make a play as Rudy seems to be, and I wonder how his teammates feel about it. Because he had one critical possession in the fourth quarter, Gordon, where he decided to try and go to the basket from the three-point line, <laughs> and it was a disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's where it's really hard. Is it is it Rudy not getting the ball because they're just not getting him the ball? Or is Rudy not getting the ball because circumstances working against Rudy certain nights? But uh, I, I get what you're saying here, Jake, but every team goes into games against the Jazz trying to prevent that from happening. So why does it? why is it able to happen some nights? Because some teams are more equipped to do it than... There's teams. that, and and look, uh, Toronto's a terrific defensive team. I mean, and they, they are the one of the most rated te- uh, best defensive rating in the league. So I get that, but it's a lot harder for Rudy to be effective when the rest of the team is bricking shots left and right. Yeah, and that was an issue. And uh, Rudy's such a big part of the defense. You know, Rudy works hard. It's probably. You know, Coach Chiesa talks a lot uh, about this, but when you when you get the ball once in a while, it buoys your spirits. Well, it certainly does, Rudy. It's it's easier to do some of the hard things when you feel like you're being rewarded a little bit, and I I get that too. I mean, that's that's some human nature. But Rudy got obviously frustrated last night, and some you know John McEnroe I think is the rare athlete that actually plays better when he's frustrated. You know, most world. most of us get frustrated, and and it doesn't improve our circumstance and with Rudy it did not and I don't think he deserved to be thrown out for his interaction with Ananobi but Rudy the way he was reacting to some calls and things like Rudy was he was caught up in it and then he went off in the post game too yeah uh, I uh, on the on him being tossed. I was a little more sympathetic toward uh, the Raptors side of that because I did I think we all saw Rudy. Uh, th- th- there had been some back and forth with those two, and Rudy did p- reach his hand out, and uh, that that doesn't uh, necessarily invite the kind of physicality that followed. But uh, Rudy was involved in it too. He was uh, he was not exactly anybody's angel on that sequence. So here's the thing, though, Gordon, you cannot. I don't care what Rudy did. You cannot size up a player <laughs> and try to break their jaw with your elbow. You can't do that. You can't. And so I saw Carmelo. Actually, apparently you can. I saw Carmelo do that to David Robinson once. Remember that one? He uh, measured that and uh, popped him in the side of the head with that elbow. That was that was pretty. Uh, elbows, elbows can be devastating. See, it's. It's probably pretty frustrating if somebody cuts you off in traffic, but you can't drag them out of their car and beat them up. 
<laughs> you that's know, a good point. Rudy, please, uh, if you're if you're driving out right now, please be careful. Rudy was probably doing some things that were a tad bit aggravating. It would not surprise me. But what you can't do is when you're running down the floor, look right over at Rudy and go, okay, about in range now, and uh, here we go. It is on. You can't, you can't do that. And, and listen, I think where Rudy was frustrated is the ref was right there. And the ref didn't do anything. So then Rudy retaliated, right? And that was probably a bad idea and why he got thrown out of the game. But, I mean, Whatever. I give Rudy a technical and throw Ananobi out. I I don't know. Whatever. It didn't really affect the outcome of the game. It I, did not. Uh, so, so here's a serious question and maybe one that I'll explore later on. But I, I've been giving it some thought of late. I'm starting – I'm, I'm asking myself the question – are the Jazz's best players great players in the context of very high expectation? Like you talked about Rudy with the Supermax. Is he worthy of that? Is Donovan – Donovan, where'd you go shooting four of uh, 16 when, you're, when your club needed you, you know? And there are times – and I don't know the answer to this, so this is not a declarative statement. Sometimes when you ask questions, people think you're making statements. I, I don't know. I don't know about this. Well, okay, wait, I don't wait, wait. know how great Donovan Mitchell is. I, and I understand that he's still 23 years old. And I understand that there's room for improvement. But we have seen, as the Jazz have, have, have undulated, Donovan has as well. I mean, and, and when he is your, your leader, your, and this is a compliment to him. He is the focal point of the Jazz offense. Man, he's had some some nights, and I guess all the great ones do. And so maybe maybe he can still be great and have these off nights. But haven't you seen nights where it just looked like he was in a bit of a fog? Yeah, and I mean, not to get focused on attempts, but uh, for Donovan Mitchell, I mean, 16 attempts, that's probably not enough. He averages 20, you know? I I know we can get focused on percentages and that sort of thing, but I mean these guys. My I guess my point is these guys have huge roles on this team. Yeah, they have to fill those roles, and they have to do it consistently, and that's what you're compensated the big bucks for. And we'll see come playoff time. But right now, you know, they're battling for playoff position. That was that was a game that they should have won. And I realize it's the Raptors, but circumstance. Yeah, you weren't going to have a a better shot at the Raptors ever. Well said. And so maybe that it wasn't a gimme by any means, but this is one that they needed a little bit and and didn't rise to the occasion. So that's so he, here's another question, real quick. We can leave it at that. Maybe some of our listeners can respond either the open mic or or you can uh, tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone at Gordon Monson. Uh, what does Donovan have to do to be greater? I mean, what? How can he be a, a consistently great player? And do you think he's there yet? I, I'm, I, holding, I'm holding him to a high standard here. I get it. Uh, he is a remarkable player. But is he great? Well, let's, let's, let's do a comparison and not, uh, not position, just overall number one offensive option on a team. Is he where Pascal Siakam is? Because he's a number one on a title contender. And has grown at a similar pace to Donovan, right? 
throughout his his career. I guess you could say that. Been in the league. Uh, this is his fourth year. And he started a little bit slower than Donovan. I'm just more thinking of acceleration the last couple of years. He went from uh, his rookie year 4.2 points a game, uh, second year 7.3, but then all the way in 2018-2019 to 16.9 points per game. And then this year, 23.6. And an outside MVP contender? I don't think he'll come close to the award, but he might get a vote or two. Yeah, I, I suppose you. He's a, he's a terrific player. So I I think I'd take Siakam over Mitchell right now, absolutely. Don't you? To answer that question honestly, I I don't I don't know. I'm searching for answers here. I I want I want I need help. I do think Donovan's taken a step this year, and I think he has played his best basketball of his career at times this year. But there's there's still another gear. And well, if, he's always talked about efficiency, wanting to be more efficient, and he was anything but that last night. Last night, certainly. I do think overall he's been more efficient. I'll check his shooting percentage, see how that stacks up with what he's done in the past. Is he around 40%? Uh, let's see. Give me a second, and I can I can bring you I, I, up I exactly. Know. But I, I we just I, I don't have a conclusion to these questions. If you could help us out, please participate. The open mic that's always fun to hear from everybody, or you can tweet at us. Uh, He's shooting forty five point three percent from the field this year and thirty six point four percent from three, okay, so which that, are both that is an improvement. Those are yeah. both really good numbers. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've got uh, we've got some breaking news coming up on the other side. Uh, Austin uh, telling us some breaking BYU football news. Stay tuned. We'll get to that uh, coming up on the other side. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Slow mo, Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. It's later in the year. Everybody knows our rules. Some of the pieces have changed, and all the pieces now just kind of fit together, and you could just read the floor, and all five guys can do their job, and it makes everybody's life easier, including yours. I said it at the start of the season. I don't have a problem of coming off the bench. I want to win, and if that's the best-case scenario for me to be in that role, then I'll do it to the best I can. We've got a really really good team, probably easily the deepest team since I've been here in the, the six years, and it's about us finding the right style of play and the right tempo and just got to obviously take advantage of it every time we come down the floor. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, no, you don't want nada. None of this, six gunning this, brother running this. Buffalo soldier, look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meet Jim West. Rough neck, so go check the long. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a total request Tuesday. And today's theme, uh, thanks to Gordon in, in the first segment there, is worst movie theme songs of all time. <laughs> And this should this is a good one. This should be right up there. Is this this one was your suggestion? This is excuse me. <laughs> this is it. You all right? up about it. You, you okay in there? You know the original song oh. by Stevie Wonder was pretty good. I don't know what. Happened. I didn't know there was a Stevie Wonder version. I think there is. 
of Wild Wild West. Well, yeah, the, the words have been changed, I think, a little. What do, what do they, uh, it's not the same song. What yeah. do they call right. it in the well, rap? It's sampling. It's sampling. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. yeah. The, like the, the, right, the sound the, of it. Yeah. Like what Vanilla Ice got his bankruptcy <laughs> suit from Queen, right? <laughs> on uh, on uh, Ice Ice Baby? No, I thought it was. Uh, or David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Who was it? I think it might have been Bowie. The Under Pressure. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. What a bad song. Yeah, that is a terrible song. A terrible movie. I'm just trying. Like, uh, what was the what was the Kevin Costner Robin Hood? What was that theme song? Uh, the Brian. Everything Adams. I do, I do it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, pretty that's bad. Pretty, pretty they made that question. movie just to release that song, and it was obvious. That was a terrible movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Stop it. You're not a Costner guy? I'm a Costner guy. Not that movie, though. Okay. That and Waterworld and The Postman. <laughs> didn't didn't dig The Postman, nope. huh? Didn't uh, like Tom uh, Petty's cameo? <laughs> that was uh, that was sort of uh, Kevin Costner's self-glorification oh, movie. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Anyway, that's a good question because there's all kinds of possibilities. Well, I need your answers at, at Austin Horton. All right. Uh, real quick, and we'll talk BYU basketball in a moment, but uh, some BYU news. The Utah County's attorney, uh, County Attorney's Office is not prosecuting BYU football star Chaz Ayu on charges of driving under the influence of alcohol and marijuana, reckless driving, and three other traffic-related infractions. Um, Did they say why? No, but here's the comment, which the, I thought the comment was kind of weird, uh, coming from Tammy Painter, who's a legal assistant in the county attorney's office. Which, why is a legal assistant commenting on this? I don't, I don't know. Me. But, quote, our office is declining to prosecute this case. And then adds, and this is the confusing part, um, can you cancel the pretrial and mark the case as declined? And there's a question mark there. So, you know, good times. Uh, but the, it's, it's being dropped against Chaz. It's just it's kind of some weird circumstance, I guess. But they're dropping it all. So good for him. Sure, that's a burden lifted from his shoulders. Yes, indeed. He will not be participating in spring ball, by the way. Kalani Sataki said uh, that that has something to do with a shoulder injury. Ah. Uh, But anyway, uh, BYU, Gordon, tough loss last night in Vegas to St. Mary's, 51-50. One of the ugliest performances I think I've ever seen. Well, both teams shot under 37%, so that's part of it. But I, I thought St. Mary's dominated the style of the game, and I, I thought that that left BYU vulnerable. Well, we're talking about a, a a team in the Cougars that has shot the ball over 50% for most of the year, it seems like. And they did shoot 50% in the first half, but that second half was they shot 24%, and it was just a train wreck. Uh, it seems it seemed as though they were struggling to get their shooters in proper position and proper rhythm to take the kinds of shots that uh, they have made a habit of of making. And maybe we give St. Mary's credit for that. Yeah, uh, for the defense that they were playing and whatnot. But T.J. Hawes, two of fourteen from the floor. Yoli Childs. It was interesting early in that game. They went to him and. And uh, St. Murray's would double him and cause him some problems. And he, the ball didn't come back out of that uh, that post. I thought I was watching Kevin McHale there sometimes. And once the ball would go in, then it stayed in. And Yoli was having a tough time 
uh, delivering the ball out to uh, what either were open or, or weren't open shooters. I, I don't know because he didn't pass them out there. But he missed a lot of shots that he typically makes. I mean, shots from four feet and in. Yeah. Are you saying uh, Yoli went Al Jefferson on it last night? Uh, a little bit. That yeah. ball, you remember that ball went to Big Al? That ball wasn't coming back out. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> it was and going then the, to the rim. And then the turnovers were costly. Uh, it's up, is down. Uh, they, they really struggled in that regard. But this is a terrific shooting team that shot 36.2%. And a one-point loss, you mentioned it, the uh, Gale shot 40, I mean, 36.5. So yeah. they were 0.3 better. And that was good enough to win. Well, see, speaking of Yoli real quick, he was what I thought was the advantage to this particular BYU team, where they, they got a little bit of a, a finesse kind of thing going. They're a really good shooting team, obviously best in the country at, at making the three. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of times they want to get up and down the court. They want to run a little bit. I mean, we're, we're used to kind of your traditional BYU team in the, in the modern era. But what Yoli Childs gives you is when a team like St. Mary's disrupts all of that, You've got a guy that you can throw the ball to, and he's going to go get you a bucket, regardless of if it's a slow, slog-it-out, ugly game. Mm -hmm. And to your point, when they needed that, he either didn't make the right read and didn't kick it back out, because I think you make a terrific observation, and he missed a bunch of stuff that he usually makes. I mean, if Yoli was his normal walking bucket self, BYU wins that game probably by a fairly comfortable margin, because St. Mary's did disrupt what BYU wants to do offensively. Uh They did disrupt T.J. Hawes. And I thought that Yoli would be their advantage in those circumstances because you're going to play against scrappy, tough teams right. that want to make it ugly. Mm-hmm. In fact, likely that's who that type of team is who BYU is going to face in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's how upsets happen. You make it ugly and you bring the favorite down to earth. And that's what St. Mary's did. But Yoli's got to come through in those circumstances when it all breaks down. And that that was not to put it all on Yoli, but I thought that that was this BYU team's advantage this year as opposed to other years. Yeah, I agree with you completely, and it did not work. Um, okay, so let me ask you a couple of questions, a couple of coaching questions. That game was tight. I think BYU had the ball with about 44 seconds left. Do you go for two for one in that circumstance so that you have the ball in the final possession? See, that's the that's the great debate, right? Do you want to go the 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 two for one because, of course, that's advantageous, or do you yeah. want to get yourself a good shot? Uh huh. Because I think you'll you'll have a lot of coaches come down on either side of that. You know, who cares if you get two for one if it's a bad shot? You'd rather have a good shot. And as far as the defensive uh, assignment on Ford, who hit the game winner, uh, Barcelo was an interesting uh, matchup in that. I mean, he he got. Ford put a nice move on him and stopped and popped. Wide open shot because Barcelo fell away. It was a really good move. You got to give him credit. I mean, it was a pretty terrific move. He's a good player. Yeah, and I I think everybody in the building and watching on TV probably thought he was going to the basket. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they thought he was going to the basket, but everyone knew that kid was going to shoot it. and, And he made a good shot. If I were Coach Pope, I wouldn't get bogged down in those details as much as I say that game really shouldn't have been that close. It shouldn't have come down to that play. But when it did come down to that play, you got to make the right call. you got to have the right man guarding that guy. Yeah, fair enough. Who would have been better, Celius? Maybe Connor Harding? 
Would he have been the way to go? Not sure. That's not my job. All well, I know, I'm, all I know is Barcelo got torched. He did, but it's easy to second guess that. And but who would be better? I don't know. That's, uh, that's the hard part. If, you know what? If if you want to merge conversations, the Jazz run into that occasionally. Yeah. Where you you go? Oh man, Royce got beat like a drum on that play. But who 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 would be better at staying in front of James Harden? Yeah. Oh well, I'm not going to concern myself with that. All I know is the guy who was covering him couldn't cover him. And I don't uh, buy in so much to the rust. Everybody's talking about oh they were rusty they didn't play in nine days. I get that. But St. Mary's was the rusty team. They started the game off horribly. And BYU couldn't pull away from them, which well, was yeah, weird. Hor- which is horrible. Miss it more horrible. <laughs> Missing shots or throwing the ball away. It seems like BYU had seven turnovers in the first three seconds of the game. This was a horrible loss for BYU. This was a horrible, horrible loss. Now, it's not going to be that costly. It's not consequential. Yeah, they're going to get in the tournament, and everybody knows it. It's going to cost them a couple uh, seeding spots. I mean, I I get that. Maybe. You don't don't think so? Nah. It's one game. Yeah, but it's enough. Uh, I think uh, a couple seating spots, like they were a five going into the tournament, has to go to a Saturday, a Thursday, Saturday situation. I, I I think that could cost them. They had an opportunity to win this tournament this year, and I mean, I saw the way they played against Gonzaga, Jake, and it was freaking impressive. And what I saw last night with that BYU team was three or four notches beneath that. If they had played this way. Against Gonzaga, they would have lost by 30. Austin. Like someone predicted. I don't know. Maybe. They would have. You would have been right. I, th- I still was right about some of that stuff, but whatever. All right. There you go. We'll get to more coming up. Uh, stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, PK is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, live from Las Vegas. We'll get his opinion on what happened to the Cougs last night. And Bowler will be with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So a busy day on the big show. want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf, West Valley, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Alfonso Anderson. Are you a one shining moment guy? You like that montage they do every year? Oh yeah, that little commercial fires me up a little bit. <laughs> See? Yeah, no doubt. Growing up as a basketball player, now you've always wanted to be in this spot. Here you go. You guys know you're going to be dancing. <laughs> What's going through your yep. mind? What are you going to do to try and get on one shining moment, Alfonso? <laughs> you know, just play hard every day, really. Like I remember growing up in elementary school, the, uh, the teacher would throw it on the, the TV in class and I was the one that was always too distracted and didn't do the schoolwork because I was watching March Madness. <laughs> For me to be here right now, to be in a situation, it's good, and I just got to take advantage of it, you know? Just continue to work hard until we get there, and when we get there, do what I know I can do and perform well. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
end up being the worst Total Request Tuesday ever. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and uh, 1280 The Zone. It's brought to you, by the way, by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the tour, latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Although, I'm not, do they really want to be connected to today's Total Request Tuesday? Was, was the slew of disaster movies in the 70s, and this is from um, Towering Inferno, is that the worst collection of movies in the history of movie making? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. You know, I don't hate this song. Sorry. It's it's garbage. It's cheesy, Wait, but I don't hate why, it. Why do you not hate this one, but you hated the other one? Well, this one has some, uh, like that little part that she just did where it went from a full step to a half step down to a minor kind of chord. That sounded cool. Well, this is way cheesier than the other one. <laughs> well, Austin also likes one shining moment. Hey, so, hey. Yeah, I love that song. I mean, yeah, so, right yeah, not, also, a, not a surprise. Speaking of, our poll question this week on the Movie Zone is the cheesiest action movie you like. Since you brought that up just a second ago, I thought I'd probably think about that. Is it the Towering Inferno? All I remember about the Towering Inferno is everybody was strapping themselves to like a beam or to a to a, to a something solid because they were going to drop all the water on the on the fire. Was Steve McQueen in that movie? I've never seen it. Hmm. I'm thirty. <laughs> Just a reminder. I mean, you need. As a movie guy, you need to have a frame of reference for some of the real classics. No, I can tell how bad it was. I can see from here. Um, Real quick, uh, can I bring this up? And we've got PK top of the four o'clock hour. We'll get we'll get back to a little college basketball. But we were talking. We were doing the Pascal Siakam comparison with Donovan Mitchell. Yes. And as a number one on a on a franchise right now, I said I'd probably take Pascal Siakam. Yes, you did. Uh, Ryan tweets in. He says, "Did I just hear Pascal Siakam over Donovan?" Is that really that controversial? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know the answer. I don't know how I would answer uh, answer the question. I'm still thinking about it. But the fact that you went with Siakam, no. I think that you would have a whole lot of company outside of our listenership. Yeah, I would listen to arguments for Donovan, certainly. But I I wouldn't think it'd be like a no-brainer for Donovan. Pascal Siakam is really good. He is good. He's, I would say he's a top 10 player in the NBA right now. And he's bigger than Donovan, which helps. I, quite frankly, and I know we're, you know, you can't judge anything off of one game. I think the Raptors are better than the Jazz. Oh, I think so. I mean, I would agree with that right now. You saw what happened the last time they played. And that was, that was unbelievable. I'm surprised by it, but the Raptors are really, really good. They are good. They are. And they were obviously uh, more than just a, a team with Kawhi Leonard last year. And, and maybe we lost focus on that because, remember, they were the, the best team in the East from uh, in the regular season the year before. So we should, have known, that, that. We should have known that that cast right. is pretty good. And mm-hmm. then Siakam gets even better. And now even without Kawhi, they have a, a legit number one. They're still really, really good. And Nick Nurse. He's, he's one of the best. He's really good. He's a really good coach. He has a similar background to Quinn, kind of coming up through the, the G League, and he's got a really good pedigree from a coaching standpoint. Wears a nice pair of glasses. He's, he's, a, he's a really terrific coach. The Raptors are good. They, they, will, they will push Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. Let me repeat my question from before. Are the Jazz's great or, or you know, perceptibly, or at least around here, uh, great players, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, are they are they really great? 
Uh, I, Rudy contributes in a lot of ways. Two-time defensive player of the year, I get that. Uh, there are all kinds of metrics out there that you can utilize to, to show his worth. But he does have some limitations on the offensive end still. Uh, so reliant on those passes that puts him in a position uh, that put him in a position to, uh, to to essentially dunk the ball. Uh, are these players great measured by the very difficult standard of the best players in the league? Because they kind of have to be in order for the Jazz to be a great team, and so a lot's riding on those two. Are they good enough yet to carry a team to the Western Conference Finals? Probably not. That's a pretty steep standard. It is, and I admit that. And maybe is it fair? Is it not fair? I don't know. But uh, and then the the secondary top players along the lines Bogdanovich and Mike Conley. How good are they? Last night was a really tough showing. Uh, when you look at the Jazz's the the Jazz's best players lost that game last night. Bogdanovich, 2 of 8, Rudy Gobert, 1 of 4, and Donovan Mitchell, 4 of 16. There's no way you're going to beat the Toronto Raptors with your stars playing like that. It just isn't going to happen. Mike Conley, 4 of 12. I mean, I know there are other aspects to the game, but that those final that, that final stretch run of that game last night, after the Jazz took the lead, they were up 2, and from there they crumbled. And that's that's concerning because we're trying to figure out who the Jazz are. Maybe they're trying to figure out who they are. They had an opportunity to take care of this team. The schedule was in their favor. Uh, fifth game of a road trip for the Raptors. They come in here and they, they just beat you. And they lose their hottest player with that injury early in the game. Real quick, Gordon, we've got PK coming up on the other side, but we do have a little bit of breaking news. The NCAA has uh, released a statement about what's going on with COVID-19 virus. Uh, It says the NCAA continues to assess how COVID-19 impacts the conduct of our tournaments and events. We are consulting with public health officials and our COVID-19 advisory panel who are leading experts in epidemiology and public health and will make decisions in the coming days. This uh, this is a thing, man. It really is. And I know it was obviously a thing for those who have been severely affected by it. But I don't know. I've talked to enough people who thought it was sort of overblown by the media. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And that's part of the thing. People compare it to the flu. Well, people sort of know the flu a little bit. At least that's the perception. They don't know exactly. They don't have enough information about what they're dealing with here. Well, the the thing with the flu is the mortality rate is 0.1-ish. The, the mortality rate on this can be as high as 3, which is very high. Now, it's probably not that high because we don't know exactly how many cases there are out there. But if the mortality rate is at 3%, I mean, that's that's very, very serious. So I understand why people are taking it seriously. But still, the cases in this country are still in the hundreds, which is yes. definitely a good thing. Yes. So, I saw I saw a tweet earlier today that really caught my attention, Jake, because I think you and I were of one mind earlier. We thought, OK, we're kind of looking at it saying numerically, is it is it uh, is it being blown up bigger than it is or, or, or what? But I saw a tweet from somebody from Italy that said, don't make the same mistake we did in, in my country and just 
sort of passed this off as just uh, nothing that significant. He said, because our parents and grandparents are dying. Yeah. That that one hit me hard, man. I just thought, holy cow. You know, I mean, I, I get it that statistically and percentage-wise and all that, you look at this stuff and you might not think it's as big a threat, especially for younger people and that sort of thing. But, man, those who are affected by this in a major way, what a tragedy it is. And uh, I, I'm just hoping that the smart people in this world can figure this thing out and uh, and help somehow people that are being paralyzed by this right now, you know, not to mention people whose jobs are suffering from this beyond the health and the other aspects of it. You know, a lot of a lot of people uh, in a bit of a tough spot right now. Stay tuned. PK joins us next live from Vegas, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.